Hey everyone, this is Three Questions with Tom Tui. There we go, buddy. Tom. Tom is the Tom is the second person from Edison Edison School District to actually be on uh, my podcast. I actually had Ed on uh, your superintendent. He was on my podcast, and he wasn't superintendent, but when he, after he was on my podcast, he became superintendent. So I take credit for that. What do you think? Hundred percent. I, I think he was. <laughs> He was acting at that point, and then the board heard the podcast, and they they right. They didn't even heard it; they just heard he was on, and they're like, "He's gonna be that obviously superintendent." So, hey, I, I want to just first of all, little little uh, shout out to everyone in, here in Edison. So, just a, a wonderful group. I actually was uh, have the opportunity to uh, keynote your district, and they are absolutely wonderful. And it was nice to see you all there together. So. Thanks for being on the podcast. We kind of hung out that day and I said, you should be on my podcast. And here we are a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Thank you for the invitation. I, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, All right. Well, hey, Tom's a assistant superintendent. We're going to talk about um, his role more in the second podcast, but we really want to hear the people that inspired you, you know, in your career and a lot of great things happening there in Edison. Um, just, just a really powerful district. I, I met so many amazing people, but when you look at your career when you think about your experience as a kid you know going to school when you think of a teacher who really inspired you who's someone you think of and why so my head goes immediately to to my physics teacher in high school but if if i don't mention these two right off the bat i'm going to be in a ton of trouble because my mother right. is a teacher of 35 years and my, my wife is a kindergarten teacher and to see the role at least my wife plays in our family and then my mom is a mom um it's pretty amazing you can go from raising other people's kids all day to transitioning to home right and then raising your own so I, it just I, my my heart is is with those two but right you don't get in trouble either too right yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but i don't think that's your question right so right, right. the high school physics teacher the guy's name was bill whitman and um I, I really struggle as a student, particularly in math. And I'm um, going into physics junior year, it, just dreading it. Like this is this is going to be miserable. And what kind of set him apart was the first thing he told us when we walked in the classroom. He says, "Hey, you're you're never going to have to memorize a formula in this class. Uh, you'll have them because I want to move you from essentially memorization to to application. And um and throughout the course of the year, what what the guy would do was actually bring in kids' interests. Like we grew up in a, a beach community. There's a lot of vector questions on sailing and stuff like that. And managed to like connect with his kids. And it could I could tell that he was actually interested in, in who I was as a, as a person, so much so that would show up in the curriculum. Right. So it kind of hooked me in like I was engaged. And a lot of the issues I had in other classrooms that were because of a lack of engagement seemed to disappear in physics, which really shouldn't have been a, one of my, one of my strong right. points, but um, just really connected to kids outside of the classroom. He was a, he was the student council advisor decided that, you know, really talked me into getting involved in student council. Um, he's on currently he's been retired for years, but he still serves on our education foundation. He and I still work together, but um, you know, as, like, Kind of at the at a high school age, I, I started to see sort of the power of that idea of connecting with your kids on a, on a personal level and how that could happen outside of just like superficial. Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Like, you know, I was bringing in pictures of me skating. I was a big skateboarder when I was a kid and he's creating physics problems with like radiuses of ramps and stuff like that. And really? it was it was just it was neat to have a teacher that was more focused on his students than he was on the content. And uh, that that really came through. Um, uh, so we got to give Bill a, a little shout out horror in there too. So that that is a, you know, I absolutely love that story because when I talk about, uh, there's one thing I talk about all the time is that it's not 
curriculum or innovation. It's actually how you connect the two. Mm-hmm. And really it's, it's not a, like a lot of people when they hear the term innovation, they think about technology, they think about like cool and flashy, but it's really, how do you get, you know, how do you actually create new and better opportunities and really kind of starts from who are the people you serving and moving backwards from there. And that like one of the concepts I talk about, and I think is, you know, your, your teacher, you know, Mr. Whitman actually did unbelievably is by default, right? If you actually understand and can apply those formulas, hmm. you probably memorize them eventually anyway. Do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. Right? But if you focus on the memorization, you don't necessarily understand them. And, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of the, like the deeper we go into stuff, the more it just becomes part of our brain and we're not even thinking about it. So I just, that is just such a, I love, that is such a good example. And it's interesting because a lot of people know me for my work in innovation, but it's really kind of highlighting teachers that did what you just said in your classroom. So that, that, that was, that was an awesome, man, I'm telling you, it's, I don't know how you go up from that one. That was like, that was a great start. (laughs) Be downhill answers from here. All right. So I know you work with a great leadership team, uh, you know, the, the, the team there and led by your superintendent, uh, Ed is absolutely amazing. So you, you, you've done different roles, but when you think of like a principal, a superintendent an administrator, someone who maybe you worked with somebody has a kid who's someone who really inspired you and why? Yeah, I got to go all the way back again. I mean, there's a lot of people that should be on this list. Dr. Alderelli being one of them, my current boss, um, the gentleman before him, Dr. Briggs and Dr. Case and um, Dr. Ellis, who's high school principal of mine, but going all the way back, right? I, I talked about how I, I kind of struggled uh, in school generally. Mm-hmm. And when I was, from the time I was in third grade, when we landed in New Jersey until I was in eighth grade, I had an assistant principal uh, named Al Mishkin. The guy was a, he was a, not an ex-Marine. There's no such thing as ex-Marines, but he right. was a Marine. He was a, a Vietnam veteran. And God, I, I thought this guy hated me. Like I couldn't throw a paper airplane or a pu- I'd have to look around to see if Al was there. And the one thing he really kind of beat into my head and he'd ask me a question all the time when I got in trouble was like, Hey, were you being a leader or a follower? Were you being a leader or a follower? There's leaders and there's followers. And like, you know, as you get older, that's kind of a, kind of a loaded question. You can't really lead people without having been led. Right. But he um he put that front and center in my brain when I was making decisions about who the people I was spending time with, uh, making decisions about doing the right thing or the wrong thing in school. And if you had asked me at the time, I thought it was because he hated me. I, I really did. I hated him. I had we have a mischief night in the states, which is the night before Halloween, and I would draw out diagrams on how we were going to egg his house, and I could never get anybody to do it with me. Right. It was terrifying, but um. You know, I remember I had lunch detention once. And when you when I, you'd get kept in for lunch detention, you'd be in the, the lunchroom with the kids that were older than you. Mm-hmm. And uh, a big kid, I don't remember who he was. I don't remember his name, but started choking. And, uh, and Al gave him the Heimlich. And when he walked by me, like, it wasn't that, like, this guy would never show any emotion. But just, like, the color of his skin, like, I could tell this guy was... Not not rattled from a sense of like, oh, my God, I had to give the Heimlich. Like he was really concerned that he, he might lose a kid in the lunchroom, you know, and saw him for the first time in kind of a different perspective and wasn't like, oh, maybe it's not that he doesn't like me. Maybe he actually, you know, cares that I, I yeah. 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 So just a really great guy. Um, He's since passed away. His son, interestingly, um, you know, I, I had the opportunity as a member of like our governing body to hire him as our chief of police in the town that I live in. 
So it's just interesting how that all came for full circle. And I think you could talk to a lot of people in our community had the same impact on, but I mean, his voice is still in my head when I'm making decisions, like you being a leader or follower right now. And uh, God, he was all over me. He, oh, but I love that. And just to clarify, when he when he said, you know, he beat it into you, that was figuratively, not literally. Yes, yeah, <laughs> right. The Absolutely. that that is something you know. There that I was just having a conversation about this yesterday with someone else on the podcast, and that is a really important thing: is that there is high expectations, and sometimes those high expectations, you know, make your kids mad, and they might be mad at you in the moment. Mm-hmm. They might be frustrated with you, but they're going to thank you later. And I think the, the, the more we try to remove every barrier, make things super easy for all of our kids. I actually think long-term that doesn't serve them that once they hit barriers, if they don't know how to deal with it, if they don't know how to deal with some adversity, um, some struggle, some high expectations, then, then what do they do? And I think that, that that's instilled. So I, I love that story. I love that. If if you're free tonight, I I need you to come over because my wife and I had the exact same conversation last night. All right. They're going to resent you. Well, maybe, you know, maybe, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I I said this yesterday there, the, the, the Shaq documentary, his dad was hard on him and he hated it. And he said, you might hate my process, but you're going to love my results. And that's why Shaq is Shaq. Right. So that's that's like one of my favorite lines ever. I think about as a parent, you know, and yeah, yeah, those high expectations for our kids and stuff like that. They, you know, a lot of times, I'm really hard on my kids. They know this. They love me. They love me. They might be mad at me for a little while. They don't not understand, but they also see me working my butt off too. And, you know, not just with my work, but like my fitness things I do. I, when I go in, I go all in and that's a lot because of teachers and coaches I had and my own parents. So I, I'm, I'm grateful and I, I'm glad. Cause I had, I had the same thing. There's a lot of people who I hate as a kid who I'm like, thank God they're in my life. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I love that story. All right. So you've had a done a, a ton of different positions, you know, a, 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 in, in education, but if you can go back to your first year of teaching and you could talk to yourself, then what advice would you give to yourself because of all the things you've learned now? Now I'm, I'm talking to myself, right? Not just like yeah. the first, because it you. shut up, <laughs> shut up. Like you can't talk and listen at the same time. And I ruined so many opportunities to learn from my kids, to learn from my colleagues, uh, to learn from administration, because I don't know, maybe you get into teaching because you think you have some answers, right? And I just missed out on so much trying to tell people what I knew. And the longer that I'm I'm in education, I, I sort of realize that there's this giant body of things that I have no right. clue about. Um, and maybe it was just a like a not knowing what you don't know kind of thing. And now maybe I kind of know the things I don't know, but just first year in the classroom would have been to like, listen, just listen to the people around you listen. And it doesn't mean you have to do exactly what they're telling you, but listen to your kids. You're going to learn so much more than talking at them. Um, listen to administrators and leaders in the building. I just, I, I needed to put a cork in it. Like we, it's funny when you spoke and I hope I don't give anything away on your keynote, but you talk about this uh, challenge people face when they're asked to transition from Microsoft Word to Google Docs in some right. district, man, I went kicking and screaming. Like I, like I joked around before about like the prospectus I had put together on why this was right. such a terrible decision on the part of the <laughs> shut up. Like, you know, maybe, maybe you get to learn the tool and I don't know, you have a document that your entire class can work on, your colleagues can work on at the same time and uh, you might actually learn something. So yeah, if I would just grab myself by the shirt, just be right. quiet, listen a little bit. 
So that would be my advice to myself. You know, and I, I love that answer because I think the smarter you become, the more the more you realize you don't know. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a reality. Is that you start understanding? There's so many people. Um, I was actually I have a like a an investing app that I use in my bank uh, in Canada, and they and it was funny because they're like, "Hey, you can use the new version, right?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Nah, I'm gonna start. I like I like this one. I know." And then and then it was like one day. Is like you're using the new version. Like the old version's gone, so you're stuck, right? And it it was it was actually good for me because I'm like, oh, I'm so mad that this happened because I was so comfortable. And it, like it took me a couple seconds ago. Uh, you know what? A week from now, it's not gonna matter. I'll figure it all out. And I, and and it actually was helpful to me because I was the same way. That, you know, any change. And one of the things that I think is really better when I talk about innovation, I don't connect it to technology, but mm-hmm. there is something with people that are comfortable with technology that they often tend to become very innovative because things change so quickly in technology that all of a sudden the app that you've used for the last year, the next day, it's just totally different and you just got to figure it out. You just, and that's what it is. And so like something, yeah, it's okay to be frustrated, but understand probably in a week, it's not going to matter. You'll, you'll be comfortable with all that stuff. So I, I love that. I, I love that story. That's good. That's good. So I, I love that. Well, I, I can't come there tonight. Um, so give my best to your wife, at least, you know, we'll cut out, we'll maybe cut off that part Just show the first part where you give her the shout out, but uh, sure. I love it. So Tom, I'm looking forward to talking to you more. Make sure you say hi to everyone um, for me there at Edison and say hi to Ed. So uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you everyone for listening.